Welcome to Talking Sense. I'm Mark Osorio. And I'm Teresa Arago. We're financial advisors, and if there's one thing we know, it's that the journey to financial independence can be confusing. But it doesn't have to be. So get ready, because we're breaking down what you don't know about money to help you find the next step on your journey today on Talking Sense. What's better than maxing out your 401k match? Well, if you're tired of these basics and are ready to get on to bigger and better things in regards to your retirement plan, then get out your laptop and log into your account because you'll definitely want to take advantage of some of the steps that we're about to go into as we go beyond the basics. So before we get into the next level, let's talk about what got you here to begin with. I think it's important mm-hmm. that you understand what those basics were first so we don't get the cart before the horse. So yeah. talked about the 401k match, but let's talk about some other things. Your emergency fund, is it topped off? What we mean by that is do you have three to six months worth of your expenses saved and set aside in safekeeping in case you need it? Mm. Second thing is do you have enough life insurance to cover your liabilities, replace your income, and satisfy your final expenses and your last wishes? This is one that we tend to find people aren't ready for. They think they are. This is probably the one that gets the most, well, I've got this one down and we go, actually, Mm -hmm. it's not quite enough. And we've talked about why. Well, yeah, yeah. I think it's just, uh, it's a very important topic, kind of like you said, but it's just not a very sexy topic you know, no. because for most people, they don't want to think about the money that they're not going to be able to use, right? Mm-hmm. This is this is money that nobody's going to see un- unless you are unless no longer in the picture. Yeah, yeah, unless you die. So, And then the last thing is non-mortgage debt. So have you paid off all of your non-mortgage debt? And if you haven't, think about how much this is costing you. Mm-hmm. So you recently shared someone with a car note that you told us about when we were doing our planning. Talk through that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So recently met somebody that uh, we were talking about, you know, they were really wanting to know what they should be investing in. And so as we got to talking, we, I did this exact same thing that, that we're doing right now, kind of going through just the basics and making sure, okay, before, you know, we, we talk about investments to make sure that you're covering your basics first. Mm-hmm. So as we did that, uh, we talked a little bit about their non-mortgage debt and, I uh, told me that he had a car note and I said, okay, you know, that, definitely not a bad thing. Uh, you know, what is the interest rate on that car note? And he told me that it is 17%. I literally have not heard anything that high in so incredibly long. Yes. I, I was shocked. I thought it was going to be maybe like seven or That's eight. Like credit card rates. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, thankfully it's, it wasn't a very big balance and he actually has money in his savings to be able to you know pay it off if he wants to mm-hmm. uh, so that was great uh so anyway I, I i was just uh you know telling him well you know if you pay that off it's basically like getting a 17 percent return on you know the balance mm-hmm. of of that loan so you know that's some of the things that we want to make sure that that you're covering and that you're uh knowledgeable on before kind of taking another step and Kind of like you said, putting the cart before the horse. Yes. So you've got your emergency fund in place. You've got your life insurance in place, along with other coverages to making sure you have enough car insurance, homeowners insurance, all of that. You've taken care of your non-mortgage debt. You've been doing the employer match. Mm-hmm. Now what? Yeah. Now is the exciting part, right? This is mm-hmm. kind of like what uh, what we all really, really enjoy getting into. And it's a really rewarding feeling, I got to say. Whenever I remember kind of whenever I, uh, after college, uh, I definitely had some some credit card debt and some uh, student loan debt that I was uh, you know having to pay off. Had a, a car. Uh, I had recently been in a car accident, so I had to get a new car and had to get a car loan. And 
you know, before all of us had done it, it had been about five or six years Mm -hmm. before I, you know, had paid things off and was able to actually start, you know, contributing uh, to, to a retirement plan and really kind of being able to maximize it, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of like what we're talking about today. So, you know, if you already have these other steps down, then perfect. We are really, really excited uh, for you. And some of the things that we think that you should definitely consider, uh, one is, you know, switching your contributions from if they are pre-tax right now, then consider switching that to an after-tax contribution. Some people call this a Roth contribution. Uh, However, there are some considerations to this as well. The main thing, Teresa, is is taxes, right? Mm -hmm. When you're dealing with Roth versus traditional or the after-tax versus pre-tax, the biggest thing to understand is the impact to your taxes when you file them the next year. So if you typically are putting, you know, say $10,000 a year into your employer plan and you're doing it in that pre-tax part, it's lowering the amount of taxes you owe at the end of the year. If you use the Roth option for your contributions, it's not going to lower your taxable income. So if you tend to get a big refund, this is a great step you could take because there's a kicker later on. I'm going to tell you about in just a second. But if you tend to pay in, you really need to talk with your CPA or tax preparer first. So let's talk about that difference, though, because that's why. So people go, why should I care? Why should I use Roth? Mm-hmm. What's the difference? Yeah. So the main difference is that if you are currently contributing to a pre-tax uh, 401k, for example, then when you reach retirement, every single dollar that you take out of that account is going to be taxable uh, income, meaning that you're going to have to pay taxes on it. And so if you are even in a 10, 20% tax bracket, that means that you're going to be paying 10 cents or 20 cents on the dollar for every dollar that you take out of the account. Whereas if you utilize that Roth option, when you retire, every dollar goes straight in your pocket for spending. So you can make your retirement dollars stretch further. Mm -hmm. The employer match is always going to be pre-tax. So you'll still have some pre-tax monies. But if you have the wiggle room to use the Roth option, if it is available to you in your employer plan, we certainly encourage you to consider it and decide if it's right for you. Yeah. Yeah. I love what you said as far as, you know, if you're currently getting a pretty big return, then that's typically a good indicator mm-hmm. of, okay, yeah, I can do this. You can this. tolerate this. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. You can kind of take that on. However, if you are, you know, not really getting a return, uh, you know, a, a big tax return and you kind of like where your withholding is, then something else that you could consider is maybe just adding another percent of the deferral mm-hmm. from your salary and making that extra percent a Roth contribution. That way you are increasing, you know, those after tax mm-hmm. dollars. And it's really important to understand the goal. The goal is to fully fund your 401k. And you can put a lot of money out of your own pocket into it and get your match to mm-hmm. maximize those dollars. We encourage people to consider increasing by one, two, three percent every single year mm-hmm. once you've gotten those other steps taken care of. Mm-hmm. But if you've got more wiggle room, go ahead and bump that up. I've had clients jump from doing just the match to putting in 15 percent because they yeah. had the wiggle room in their budget now that they'd paid off debt. And it helped them prevent that lifestyle inflation that we see so much where it's mm-hmm. like, OK, I've paid off this debt. I'm just going to increase my spending and absorb yeah. it into everything else. It's really beneficial to you if you will proactively go ahead and change your contributions so your net dollars to the household aren't changing drastically and you're not just absorbing it into the budget. Yeah. And that also kind of plays into just the impact of automating your savings, mm-hmm. right? If, if you uh, kind of keep that out of sight, then it's going to be something that you can, you can continue on a consistent basis. And uh, ultimately, I mean, we, we see all the time, just see the tremendous impact that that has on people's lives. Yes. If the money doesn't hit the bank, 
Mm-hmm. They don't miss it. But if that money hits the bank and then they're asked to save it, a lot of times it's harder to make that decision. Mm-hmm. Another thing you can do is consider an IRA, so a personal retirement account, mm-hmm. in addition to your employer plan. You yeah. can do either Roth or traditional. There's some income requirements you've got to meet there um, mm-hmm. to be able to write those off. But you're, especially if your employer has a lot of limitations in some cases, employer plans only have a handful of accounts that are a handful of investments, excuse me, mm-hmm. that you can utilize. So if yes. that's the case, rather than maxing out the employer plan immediately, using an IRA where you have more bandwidth to mm-hmm. invest might actually be a great tool as well. Yeah. Yeah. And this could be really, really useful. For example, if you have an employer plan that currently doesn't offer a after-tax option, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so that could be another uh, big opportunity is if you don't have that after tax option, then you could uh, consider after you max out your match going and putting some dollars into a Roth IRA. Correct. So the next thing you may want to consider is an HSA if you have one available through your employer. Not all employers have these, but the really cool thing about an HSA is it, it follows you into retirement. So you can use that to pay towards medical premiums in retirement or mm-hmm. medical expenses in retirement. And you can build it over time. One little trick that we talked about in the past that I want to make sure you understand about HSAs, you can invest them, mm-hmm. but I encourage you to treat at least a portion of it like an emergency fund and keep it in cash. That out-of-pocket max that you might be liable for in a given year, keep that part in cash and only invest the difference as mm-hmm. you build that one up. Yeah. And I also wanted to make the important distinction between an HSA and an FSA. So mm-hmm. the HSA the health uh, savings account is the one that you can save if you are in a high deductible medical plan. So that is a requirement and you know you can be on it. Uh, you can also have your family on it. And if your family is on it, you can actually contribute more to mm-hmm. that HSA. Uh, but it is very different from a flexible spending account or an FSA. Uh, with FSAs, you, know, you kind of have some restrictions on uh, the timing of when you mm-hmm. can use those funds. Typically, you have to use them up by the end of the calendar year. Yes. And there's a little bit of wiggle room past the end of the year, but mm-hmm. it's a use it or lose it, even though it's your money, which mm-hmm. is the part that's a little tricky. You've got to make sure you don't just leave funds sitting in it. Yes. So uh, again, there's that requirement to have a high deductible medical plan. But like Teresa said, it is something that will go uh, on with you, even if you leave the employer, mm-hmm. uh, even if you retire. So it's a great, great use for medical expenses. Yes. And if you're doing all of that and you go, okay, great. I'm, I'm already doing all of that. Mm-hmm. It's time to get with a financial advisor and really talk about your goals and set some mm-hmm. new spaces for you. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of ways to reach where you want to go, but you've got to know where it is first. Right. You've got to make that roadmap. So getting with your advisor to plan your goals mm-hmm. is so much more critical when you get to this stage than, you know, early on you're putting towards your IRA, you're putting towards your employer plan, but the closer you get to retirement, the more mm-hmm. you need to really dig down and define those goals. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of uh, strategies uh, that you can, that you can really use and exercise uh, kind of all of your options at that mm-hmm. point. So, so yeah, it, it's a tremendous opportunity there to, to get with a professional uh, to, to identify those, those strategies. Uh, so, you know, especially if you're thinking about, uh, you know, the folks that are getting closer to retirement, like you said, mm-hmm. you know, uh, if you're in your fifties and, you know, there's other strategies that, uh, that you can really take advantage of mainly the ones that, that kind of come uh, to mind are considering using uh, a long-term care insurance product uh, mm-hmm. to, to cover that risk. 
you know, as you get into your 50s, that is, uh, you know, what we believe is one of the optimum times mm-hmm. uh, to do this because uh, you'll typically have a m- much lower cost. And if you wait further uh, and you also uh, typically in, in those years uh, don't have as many health problems as you would have down the line. Correct. Because if you're going to use a coverage option to plan ahead for long term care, you've got to be able to qualify. Right. And so when, when you're in your 50s, you're more likely to get qualified. You're also more likely to be able to afford it on, on an ongoing basis. And there's a mm-hmm. bunch of different ways to handle that. But mm-hmm. planning ahead in your 50s makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. The other thing that people may not know is that when you hit 50, the year that you're turning 50, mm-hmm. you can add more to both your employer plan and your IRA on an ongoing basis from that point forward. They have what are called catch-up contributions. Yeah, yeah, and these are huge. Yeah, Because if you consider, for example, your 401k, all right, for, for this year, uh, 2023, we have a maximum contribution limit of $22,500 mm-hmm. if you're under 50. But if you're over 50, then that adds another $7,500. So you can actually contribute $30,000 to your 401k. And in most cases, you're in your highest earning years in your 50s. Your children, mm-hmm. if you're not like me and had them late, are coming off the <laughs> payroll. Um, so you've got more ex- disposable income that you can apply to this mm-hmm. and play play a little bit of catch up if you are a little behind. So mm-hmm. getting with that advisor, talking through your options and making yeah. sure you're maximizing what you can in those years is really important. Oh yeah. And then if you have those high rate mortgages, we're going to see more and more of those now, right? right? Yes. Tackle them. Yeah. Use this free income now to tackle that before you're entering retirement. Not saying you got to have it paid off. Mm-hmm. But having it paid down is really smart. Yeah, yeah, and and again, this is kind of like as as a last step. If if you've said okay, yep, check, check, check on everything else, right? Which mm-hmm. if if you do, then and my hats off to you because mm-hmm. you you're doing things really well. Um, but yeah, I would say that that's kind of like that last step. That okay, if everything is, is good, then and if you've got those high interest rate uh, mortgages, then that's a good place to then uh, go ahead and use that that excess income. Because as you've seen, when we're doing planning, we can plan for a mortgage in retirement. It's something mm-hmm. we can plan around. We can't plan for not having enough assets overall. Yeah, So exactly. that's really important to make sure you've got that part of it taken care of before you worry about some of these other details. Because exactly. we can plan around those. Yeah. Um, so it's time for our two cents, and I'm going to go first. If you are in this situation where you're going, okay, I've got the basics down, congratulations. You've worked hard. You've earned this. Great job. Now, let's get you focused on what comes next and make sure you're taking the steps to take that rewarding feeling even into retirement and enjoy true financial independence. Yeah. And don't stop there. Right. So take an additional step each year. uh, Line out kind of your goals uh, using this list that that we've put here together for you to say, okay, you know, I want to accomplish this by this time. Mm -hmm. Right. And seeing yourself down the line, which will bring you closer and closer to financial independence. So that's it for us today. If you uh, learned something new that brings you closer to financial independence, then please give us a like and share. That way you can help others to do the same. Thanks for listening to Talking Sense. And if you like what you hear, make sure and subscribe to the podcast to get all the newest episodes. The GenWealth team is available for you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. And while we like to have fun here, we're also financial advisors, and that means disclosures. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. Securities offered through LPL Financial, a member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Independent Advisor Alliance. Independent Advisor Alliance and GenWealth Financial Advisors are separate entities from LPL Financial.